0: Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370 WQLL. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the contents in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday.
1: This is Sean Kane, and you're listening to Catholic Baltimore. We're here today with Carol Clues. She's the director of the Center for Pregnancy Concerns. Carol, thanks for being with us.
2: It's a delight. Thank you for asking me.
1: The center does some wonderful work uh, for women in uh uh, unplanned pregnancies. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how the Center for Pregnancy Concerns meets their, their needs?
2: The Center for Pregnancy Concerns is a pro-life, faith-based, nonprofit organization that's been around in, in the Baltimore area for 35 years. The doors are open to women um, who are in need of material assistance, who um, may want pregnancy tests, who may need ultrasounds, um, we have a long list of services, all of which are entirely free. Um, we are pro-life, unequivocally. We are um, a nonprofit. We are we have our five hundred one c three status, um, and we've been around for thirty-five years. We're the oldest urban pregnancy resource center in the nation.
1: So these centers um, help women who um, may not have planned a pregnancy or. Um, wish to carry their baby to term but need help to do so, they're not for women who um, want to terminate their pregnancy, to be clear?
2: No, to be very clear, they are not for women who want to terminate their pregnancies, but we are always delighted to talk to women who are considering their options and we are very open and honest about all of their options Mm -hmm. and make sure they understand what their choices are. If they choose not to carry their child to term, we are. We will be there with open arms and love them when they come back.
1: Right. That's great. So uh, you mentioned it's nonprofit. It's Christian-based. It's not a Catholic-run entity, but you certainly enjoy a close relationship with the Catholic Church, right?
2: We absolutely do. I like to think of us as very ecumenical. The Catholic Church has been extremely helpful to us. As a matter of fact, two of our centers are owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, which I will personally be eternally grateful for.
1: And uh, it's, uh, by that you mean the locations where they are, where they're yes. physically located, yes. right? Yes, Saint
2: Rita's and Saint Anne's are both uh, owned by uh, owned by the Archdiocese right. of
1: Baltimore. And so that's where the centers are. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- why was the center founded? Did, did, do you, what was the uh, impetus for it?
2: Uh, The center was founded several years after the passage of Roe v. Wade, which, as we all know, legalized abortion across the board in America. And um, we were founded to protect the physical, emotional, and spiritual lives of women and their unborn children. And uh, we have been doing that, as I said before, ever since for 35 years.
1: These centers have been um, under attack from um, pro-abortion activists, uh, a lot of misinformation about what these centers provide. You re- you referenced a lot of the free services. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, if a woman comes in, the, the kinds of things that uh, that she can expect to get. Uh, I know if, uh, I've been in the centers, I've seen the racks of baby clothes right, and the formula right. and the diapers. So it's really kind of basic necessities, but also just services as well to, to help make sure that the baby is safe and that the mom is safe.
2: Yep, yep. We have, um, we have a 24-hour helpline, which is wonderful because we take about 8,000 calls um, wow. annually on that helpline. Um, we, we offer ultrasounds. Again, I can't emphasize enough, everything we do, money never exchanges hands. We, we are Everything we do is completely free to our clients. We have an Earn While You Learn program, which is taking off finally, and it's being uh, wonderfully received by, by our clients. We have a Hannah's Cupboard, which is material assistance. Anything and everything that a mom might need for her newborn and up to the age of almost 14 now, uh, we will we will provide and she can come in every three months and get what she needs for her child. Um, we uh, offer counseling, peer counseling, but these are counselors are very well trained um, and um, offer a lot of help and guidance to these women. Um, we, our Earn While You Learn classes, offer prenatal care, uh, parenting, baby care. Um, we do pregnancy tests. The list goes on and on. Yeah. There, are, there are like 12 or 13 services, all of which are completely free. And, and they're all on our website,
3: by the way.
1: And you mentioned the ultrasound. So I'm sure you've been, you've been there when, when a woman's come in. Maybe she um, hasn't made the decision. She gets that ultrasound and sees the image of that baby. I mean, that's got to be... Um, that has to make the decision right there. It does.
2: It, do, it very often does. As a matter of fact, statistics tell us that almost 90% of the time, when a woman, a woman who's undecided, sees that child, in her womb on that monitor, she changes her mind. Again, um, it counters. It's wonderful to see their faces. It
1: counters the, the the misconception about when life begins and the notion that. Um, you know, that that, that life doesn't begin at conception because a a mom sees that that child. I mean, it's a living human being inside them.
2: Absolutely, and we are committed to protecting that life from conception to natural death.
1: There is uh, more than uh, the locations you mentioned, uh, St. Anne's Church in East Baltimore and St. Rita's in Dundalk, and then you've got two other locations.
2: We've got one in Essex um, on Eastern Boulevard, which is where our headquarters are also, Um, and we also have another location in Arbutus.
1: I would imagine over the years you have an opportunity to um, stay in contact with women whom the center has helped. Um, do you ever? Do they ever come back? Do you ever? Um Hear stories about the the impact that the center made for them.
2: Well, they do come back. They do, first of all they come back um, always when they need us again. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they have another, if they're if they have another child or if they're just in dire straits and and need some kind of help, referral services or material assistance. Um, but a lot of them come back just because a lot of them come back because they want to give back. Mm-hmm. And some of them succeed in life eventually and. Um, I don't mean to say that none of them succeed in life, but, but some of them are successful enough so that they actually are standing on their own and they can actually mm-hmm. begin to think about giving back. And lots of times they come back with uh, things that they've u- that their babies have mm. used and they can't use anymore, so they want to donate back to the center. Pay it forward. And once in a while, yeah, and one exactly, pay it forward. And once in a while they uh, they come back and say, I want to help. What can I do? Can I volunteer?
1: So that brings me to my next question. You obviously rely heavily, I would imagine, on volunteer services. Oh, my gosh. You Yes, most, um,
2: most, yeah. We couldn't <clears throat> run without volunteers. Absolutely. And who,
1: not. who, who, who's your average volunteer? You mentioned you, every once in a while you'll get former clients, but yeah, then well, that's
2: that's rare, though it yeah. happens, but it's it's rare. Um, women um, from from churches, uh, women who are retired and are looking for something meaningful to do, women who are pro-life and um, and believe in the Lord and want to give back in some way. Um, or want to see um, the work that we do succeed. Um, it is, its It really is a variety of women from a variety of backgrounds, um, but the ones who come to us are dedicated and um, are determined to help these women, and they become involved in their mm. lives. They keep in touch with them via email and texting. Um, they, these women are... Passionate about what they do, and it's very gratifying. We have almost 50 volunteers, if you, if you include wow. our, our uh, prayer team.
1: So they're they're being supportive in many many ways. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, you, you mentioned the the profile of volunteers. What is the profile of the average client? I know they all the circumstances vary, but oh,
2: they do vary. But I, I would say that uh, on average, um, a a typical client is somewhere between 18 and 24 years old. Um, very often a single mom um, pregnant or suspects that she is pregnant uh, indigent, undereducated, scared often doesn't have anyone in her life who she feels loves her I have to say that sometimes these women get ready to leave the center and of course they leave with their arms full of wonderful Stuff, whatever yeah. they need and they're always told that the lord loves them and they the counselors love them too and a lot of these women have never been they have never been embraced and been told i love you never before heard it. it is just amazing and it is very gratifying to know that we are there on that level
1: that's pretty powerful but pope francis has used the phrase throwaway culture and i think it's a powerful image these centers strike me as the opposite of that um In other words, the throwaway culture extends beyond just goods and things that we underuse and are quick to throw away. A culture is quick to throw life away, and that's a scary thing. And here these centers say, wait a minute, you don't need to do that.
2: That's right. It is very, um, yes, we certainly say that. And um, I I like to think that when a woman comes in and she's undecided, um, the fact often, and I do believe this with all my heart and I've seen it, often the the knowledge that we will not only be there with her through her pregnancy, but in the years afterwards, she can always come back and see us and talk with us and get what she needs. That knowledge really helps them make that decision to keep that child because they know they're not going to walk alone. Yeah. We won't let them walk alone.
1: It's not a hospital setting where they they have the baby, and then the hospital's done. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, not at all.
1: You're you're saying we're going to not only get you through the pregnancy, we're going to get you through parenting mm-hmm. and help your, your baby grow in, mm-hmm. in childhood, and that has to be a comforting piece of knowledge for them to have. They're no. not alone.
2: No, they're not. They're definitely not alone.
1: So uh, you clearly um, rely on the the generosity of people to support you, not only through volunteerism but also in goods and services. So if if somebody wants to get involved, either as a volunteer or to donate. Like I know, we, we had our children. Our, we gave the crib to Pregnancy Center North. Yep. So, yep. what what would um, what would somebody do if they wanted to, to, to somehow get involved and support what you're doing?
2: Call me. 410 391 6699. That's my office, and I'd be happy to talk to anyone who wants to volunteer or donate. And we also have a website.
1: Great. What's the website?
2: www.cpcforhelp.org. That's www.cpcforhelp.org. People can donate through that website, they can get involved. We have a baby bottle campaign that runs 365 days a year. We love schools and churches to get involved with that. It's, it's, a, it's a huge part of our, of our budget. Um, and also, they can keep up with the, the, our upcoming events.
1: That's awesome. Uh, is Carol Clues from the Center for Pregnancy Concerns. Thanks for being with us today.
2: Thank you very much, Sean. It was a pleasure.
3: Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Cal Ripken Jr. joined hundreds of people November 17th for the dedication of the new Babe Ruth Field at Gibbons Commons, located across Caton Avenue from St. Agnes Hospital in southwest Baltimore. The Cal Ripken Senior Foundation in partnership with St. Agnes Healthcare dedicated its 60th Youth Development Park nationwide. In the spirit of my dad, the foundation uses baseball to help kids, Ripken said. We want to give them some guidance, a purpose and a sense of direction that they can move in that has a positive and productive effect on the rest of their lives the multi-purpose synthetic turf field is located on the site of the former cardinal gibbon school and the former saint mary's industrial school for boys the field is located on the exact spot where babe ruth played baseball when he was a student at saint mary's industrial school for more information visit catholicreview.org can you put a dollar value on religion? One Georgetown University researcher has attempted something close to it, releasing findings from a study that says organized religion contributes by one estimate nearly $1.2 trillion to the United States, according to a Catholic News Service report. Brian Grimm of the Religious Liberty Project at Georgetown recently unveiled findings of a study he conducted with Melissa Grimm of the Museum Institute. The study analyzed the economic impact of 344,000 religious congregations, ranging from Adventists to Zoroastrians around the country. Depending on which factors one considers, religion contributes $378 billion by the most conservative estimate and up to $4.8 trillion to the United States annually, according to the study. For more information, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, this is George Madison.
4: Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice a week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android and follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online. At CatholicReview.org. That's CatholicReview.org. You are listening
0: to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370WQLL.
1: This is Sean Kane, and you're listening to Catholic Baltimore. We're here today with Debbie Lattice of the Catholic Daughters of the Americas. She's uh, here to talk about the organization. Debbie, thanks for being with us.
5: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Great. So tell us a little bit about the Catholic Daughters.
5: The Catholic Daughters of the Americas is one of the oldest and largest organizations of Catholic women in the Americas. Today, we number approximately 70,000 dues-paying members in 1,250 courts, which are our local chapters, and we're in 45 states across the country in Puerto Rico, Mexico, Guam, and the Virgin Islands. Under the patronage of the Blessed Mother, the Catholic Daughters of the Americas are united by our faith in Jesus Christ, in our devotion to the Church and the Holy See. We donate to charities, administer scholarship programs, and strive to be helping hands where there is pain, poverty, sorrow, or sickness. Our motto is unity and charity.
1: And why was the uh, Catholic Daughters uh, established?
5: The Catholic Daughters of the Americas, CDA, was founded in Utica, New York, in 1903 by John Carberry and several other Knights of Columbus as a charitable, benevolent, and patriotic sorority for Catholic women at that time. It was originally called the National Order of Daughters of Isabella, and is dedicated to the principles, as I said before, of unity and charity, our our motto. The Knights actually established our two standards of unity and charity. In 1921, at a biennial convention, the order changed its name from the Daughters of Isabella to the Catholic Daughters of America. But then in 1952, Bishop Fulton Sheen addressed the delegates at the 24th Biennial Convention, and he said to the members there, you are the Catholic Daughters of America. I would like you to become Catholic Daughters of the World he urged the CDA membership to extend their charity to the needs of the poor and to the ends of the world. So therefore, in 1954, the order changed its name to the Catholic Daughters of the Americas. Our headquarters are located in New York City, and we donate to several charitable causes. We provide scholarships. We work with Habitat for Humanity. We support the aged and infirmed, retired Catholic clergy, and we're very pro-life.
1: Excellent. So tell us about membership. If somebody wants to be a member of the Catholic Daughters, how do they go about that?
5: Membership in the Catholic Daughters, the Americas organization, is open to women 18 years of age or older, to girls 6 to 17, and to young ladies attending college. Any woman of the Catholic faith who wishes to belong to CDA is welcome to join. The girls, 6 to 17, can join a junior Catholic daughter court in an area where the adult court is established and ladies in college may join a campus court if one is established at their college. Interested women can contact the national office in New York at catholicdaughters.org or myself.
1: And uh, how did you become involved?
5: I became involved in 1995 when the Maryland State Court officers came to my parish to speak at the request of our priest. I wanted to belong to an organization of women Who shared the same faith and values I had. I'm a charter member of Court Mary Francis in Brunswick, Maryland, and our court will actually be celebrating its 20th anniversary in January of 2016.
1: That's great. And what are some, you've referenced uh, support for pro-life causes, what are some of the other initiatives that um, CDA seeks to support?
5: Um, Our main program under CDA is called the Circle of Love, and it's bound together by the common interest of love. And there are seven components under that. We have education, youth, and junior Catholic daughters. We have spiritual enhancement, quality of life, which is our social awareness, family, leadership, legislation. Then in addition to the main central program, we support five national projects which are Habitat for Humanity, Holy Cross Family Ministries, the Laborat Society, Smile Train, SOAR, which is Support Our Aging Religious, and then we have 10 national charities which members can choose from to support, and those 10 charities are the Pontifical North American College, the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, Catholic Relief Services, the Apostleship of the Sea, Covenant House, Mother Teresa, the Tutwiler Clinic, Project Handclaps, Misericordia, and our D- disaster relief fund.
1: So you, uh, the CDA does a lot of work. We do a
5: lot of work.
1: <laughs> That's a, that You've covered uh, a, a lot of ground there, so you, you certainly need every one of those 70,000 members. Exactly. So th- to me, this strikes me as another example of a way that women can be further involved in the life of the church, is it not?
5: It is. It really is. Um, I can't speak for all the local courts, but, for example, from um, the Catholic Daughters in my own parish— through our leadership skills we've learned, through our spirituality, we, um, our members, Catholic Daughter members, are like parish council members, they're faith formation teachers, they're Eucharistic ministers, they're lectors, they're choir members, they're ushers, they're parish money counters, they're lay corporators. So you can see in my parish, which has um, only two organizations, the Catholic Daughters and the Knights of Columbus, how important we are to our parish.
1: Absolutely. And and are they organized similarly to the Knights in that they tend to have councils or courts that Uh, encompass one or more parishes? Is how how they're set up?
5: Yes. We're set up like the uh, the Knights of Columbus in the fact that most of our courts are located um, in a parish. Sometimes there's multiple parishes that form one court. Um, So that's generally Mm -hmm. where you will find us.
1: And if you're, when you're speaking to women who may be interested or may ask questions about um, what would you say to someone about why you think it's important for women to be involved with an organization like CDA?
5: Um, I feel that the, Catholic, the CDA program provides opportunities for Catholic women to um, effectively serve and work with the church and community. The Catholic daughters are very aware of the needs in society that are affecting today's generation— the elderly, and human life. To be effective in promoting good works, we must reach out and make a difference in the lives of those who are suffering, whether it be through their own fault or the circumstances in which they find themselves. If we are to be Jesus' hand and feet as is pledged in the act of consecration during our installation ceremony, then we must use the talents he gave us. We need to become educated in new fields, volunteer our services, and financial assistance where needed.
1: So it, it sounds to me like that the CDA is really responding to many of the needs that Pope Francis has, has exactly. spoken about. Exactly, exactly. If somebody wants to learn more about the Catholic Daughters here in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, what's the best way to do that?
5: Interested women in the state of Maryland may contact me at lattice, L-A-T-T-U-S-D-L, at gmail.com. I will then put them into contact with the court in their area. We are always excited to have other women share in the wonderful benefits that being a Catholic daughter provides.
1: Debbie Ladison, the state regent for the Catholic Daughters of the Americas. Thanks for being with us today.
5: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
6: Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious, and lay from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org